Orchid Sassuni. Here. Sherry Albers is absent. Denise Senhawks. Present. Uh, Deshaun Lewis Woods. Absent. Uh, and then Ananya Tanyan Verma. And that concludes roll call. Thank you. Tess. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Helen Smolinski. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, and please read the um, reading and approve the agenda. All right, so for <laughs> item number one, we have welcome and roll call. Item number two is an action item, reading and approval of the agenda. Then we'll move to item number three, which is general public comment. Item number four is the co-chair report. Item number five is a report from the mayor's office on disability. Item number six is a discussion item um, about the Golden Gate Park wayfinding and usability project being presented by Lucas Tobin, Brian Stokel, um, and the San Francisco Fellows cohort. Then we will take a 15 minute break and then we'll move to item number seven, which is a discussion item about digital accessibility and inclusion standard being presented by Jillian Johnson from the San Francisco Committee on Information Technology. Then we'll go to item number eight, which is a decision item on the resumption of executive planning meetings. Item number nine is correspondence. Item number 10 is general public comment. Item number 11 is council member comments and announcements. And then item number 12 is adjournment. Thank you, and we are doing um, the general public comment at this time. All right, so at this time, we would like to welcome members of the public uh, to address the council on items of interest to the public that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the council, which are not on today's meeting agenda. <coughs> Each member of the public may address the council for up to three minutes, unless the co-chair determines that, in the interest of time, comments may be limited to a shorter time when there are a large number of public comments. With respect to today's item-specific discussion items, your opportunity to address the council will be afforded at the conclusion of each discussion item before the council discussion begins. 
Just a reminder that the Brown Act forbids the council from taking action or discussing any items not appearing on the posted agenda, including those items raised at public comment. If you would like a response from the council, please provide your contact information by email message to mdc at sfgov.org with the subject MDC comment reply request. Or you can call 415-554-6789. Uh, and if you're joining us in person, I believe we also do have comment cards available that you can fill out. Um, if you're joining the webinar using your tablet or smartphone WebEx app, please click on the three horizontal dots icon and then click on the raise hand icon. We will recognize you when it is your turn. You may also use the Q&A feature in the WebEx webinar to make a comment. It is located on the top part of the video after touching the screen. If you're using a desktop or laptop computer, raise hand and the Q&A icons are located at the bottom of the video screen. And if you're joining by phone, you can dial star three to indicate that you would like to make a comment and we will prompt you when it's your turn. So we'll start with any members of the public who are in person who would like to make a public comment. You may line up at the microphone. Good afternoon, uh, council. Um, the mayor's a, a, a great um, uh, person for enabling, um, for uh, helping me reach you guys today. And I just wanted to say, introduce myself. Um, my name is Ephraim. And um, I live about four blocks from here. And uh, I'm interested in seeing what's going on with you know, various um, uh, city functions and events and, and, yes. and, 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 and meetings like this. So I just want to yes. know what's, what's happening. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an impaired person. I have, I've been told that. I've been told I have many, many impairments. And it's kept me back from you know, way, way, way way, 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 way back. And um, I've never let anybody examine me to find out what those impairments are. I've never let anybody like um, interface with me. And this is the only contact I have with society. This is the only, this is the only extent. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is all I have right here, right now in front of this microphone. Not that it's, you know, I, know I, can, I can get on TV and be broadcasted, you know, why not? I'm trying to understand what's, what's really happening with me. When, how, 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 how did it happen? It's really, it's really blows your mind. It's really crazy. And, uh, you know, I'm so I just want to learn some more. I want to find out what's wrong with me and, you know, why can't I move on? Why can't I, uh, you know, go ahead and just live my life like a regular person? It's just impossible to do. I don't know why. I'm not, I, I wasn't born here. I wasn't born in this country. And I've been told I have an impairment since I came to this country, I attended school, and they just, kids just sort of pushed me aside, teachers pushed me, pushed me aside. And I, Finally got to work and they pushed me aside and here I am packaged up and you know into a little ball and I'm just trying to figure out now that I can see and hear and know things and just you know why what's going on you know what's going on so I'm just trying to figure that out so I want to learn more I want to stay here um, um you know finish this meeting and then just you know find out what's going on okay thank you thank you for the comment are there any public comment at this time in the room. No? 
I don't see any other members of the public joining us in person that would like to make a comment. Uh, so we will move to remote public comment if there's any members of the public that would like to speak. All right. Um. Don't see any members of the public joining virtually that would like to make a public comment. So we will close public comment at this time. Okay, thank you. Uh, okay, uh, sorry. There is one person who would like to make a comment. Control, yeah, control room, whenever you're ready, you can unmute. All right, I'm hearing none. We are moving to item number four, which is culture report. Um, I'm going to read my um, my report. Um, since the March and um, um, meeting, the council has focused on developing the agenda for convincing the Employment Committee, which will meet in the coming month. Um, we, uh, we have also begun to plan for the initial meeting of the Housing Committee um, by extending an invitation to members of the Department of Disability and Aging Services Commission to join the committee. And we have, we, and we plan to hold the first meeting next month also. Um, we have ex in, um, engaged in, in the any internal discussion about how to improve the op operation of the MDC that has resulted in a proposal to return to hold regular planning meeting with all council members, which will be considered later on the agenda for this meeting. In addition, I attended the focus group held by the Department of the um, in environment about the reasonable policy which was presented to the council at March meeting. So that's my report. Um, 
Now we're moving to um, item number five, which is um, I'm Mayor's a Disability Director, I'm Nicole Brand. I'm just going to pause for one second because I think we're having some technical uh, issue with the WebEx monitoring that I don't understand. And so, I, first of all, I think we need to turn those captions off. All right. Hang on one second, please. Mm -hmm. And then just for, for the office folks monitoring the WebEx, I'm, I'm, we're not clear what the, what the issue is. So if you could write directly to uh, staff people to help us understand, that would be great. Okay, with that uh, diversion aside, I am I'm going to move to the uh, director's report uh, for today. Thank you for joining us uh, this afternoon. Um, as usual, this report will be posted to uh, the MOD website at sf.gov backslash MOD following today's meeting. And uh, if you have any questions or would like to engage on any aspect of this report, please do either send us an email note at mod at sfgov.org or by calling 415-554-6789. So I'm going to start with the local legislative updates for the month of April. First of all, regarding remote public comment, referral number 230306, this is new since last time, uh, this amends the rules of order providing for public comment opportunities that was adopted by the Board of Supervisors and passed. What this legislation does is allows for permanent provision of remote public comment at the Board of Supervisors and its committees, as well as in-person public comment. And it also removes the 30-minute time limit on the total amount of public comment per item for all in these hearings. As of this writing, non-Board of Supervisors public bodies may set their own specifications for the total time limits for remote public comment, as long as they follow the provisions for providing modifications, accommodations for people with disabilities. As I mentioned last time, the Mayor's Office on Disability issued guidance on accessible hybrid public meetings, which is posted on our website homepage, and I encourage the Council to continue to track this item. The second legislative new referral item since last month is the Affordable Housing Needs Assessment, referral number 221218. It is a hearing on the 2022 Aging and Disability Affordable Housing Needs Assessment, requesting to hear about the key findings. You did hear in this council about those findings, but now this, this uh, is going in front of the uh, um, uh, Public Safety and Neighborhood Services Committee this coming Thursday, April 27th at 10 o'clock. Um, and public comment and participation in this item by members of the Mayor's Disability Council and others during this hearing is very much encouraged. Uh, as you know, there was a lot of enthusiasm for this uh, assessment report when it was presented to the MDC several months ago. Um, the next item legislatively 
that I'm going to highlight is related to uh, shared spaces. It's just a reminder that we are now in the permanent program and the council may wish to continue to track accessibility enforcement of this progress. And as of this writing, there's no update on the resolution um, around uh, commemorating the old federal building site of the 1977 uh, protest that we talked about last month in, in recognition of the passing of Judy Heumann. As soon as we have that, um, I will be sure to let everyone know. And then regarding state legislation, no changes since last time on uh, the uh, California Public Utilities Commission's actions on autonomous vehicles or transportation network companies. Um, you can read the full update in, uh, in the report if you're interested. And federally, I wanna also encourage folks to remember that there are four items that are uh, in proposed rulemaking status right now that you might want to track and comment on and ways to do so will be also be provided in this report. Medical diagnostic equipment, other equipment and furniture, web accessibility, and sidewalks, curb ramps, street crossings, and other pedestrian facilities among them. Okay, uh, news and announcements. This weekend, tomorrow, there is the Get Ready, Stay Ready Community Fair, um, 11 o'clock between Civic Center and UN Plaza. It's an emergency preparedness fair for all, including table participation and resources collected by Mayor's Office on Disability. Uh, special thanks to uh, Deputy Director Debbie Kaplan and to Clerk Tess Bartlett for your help getting all of that together. Um, okay, and then in terms of items to consider for uh, future meetings, um, I've written them in detail and you can review them, but briefly for members of the public, uh, you may want to consider safe passage and street safety follow-ups. The Department of Emergency Management Marketing Campaign Disability Focus Group took place yesterday and the council might want to consider follow-up on this as well as updates on how accessibility barrier reporting has changed or improved since the March presentation to the MDC by our DEM colleagues. Similarly, uh, this month, the uh, Department of Environment Disability Focus Groups re related to dining reusables concluded in April, and the council may consider hearing from the department on the outcomes of this work. Um, there's also updates you might want to consider around disability employment. This month also, the uh, Mayor's Office on Disability has been working extensively with the Department of Building Inspection and uh, related to the city's compliance program as well um, related to the accessible business entrance program, sorry, and other Title II barrier removal. It's been a while since the council has heard around uh, matters related to architectural access. You may want to consider that as well. And then finally, uh, one more thing is the Age and Disability Friendly San Francisco implementation uh, is in the second cycle of recommendations related to that plan. And the council might consider also hearing from Disability and Aging Services on this initiative progress at some point. 
And uh, that concludes my report for today. If the council or any members of the public have questions or again would like to engage, please do contact us at 415-554-6789 or at mod at sfgov.org. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nick, um, Director Byrne. Now we're moving to item number six, which is discussion item um, go to get park web fighting and disability project um, presented by uh, Lucas Tobin, Brian Stoke of San Francisco Reaction and Parks and San Francisco Fellow Club. Um, for this item, um, on the agenda, I'm pleased to announce and welcome two members of um, Reagan Park Commission, Commissioner Joe, Joe um, Hallison, Commissioner Vanita Louis, and Commissioner um, Oberst Kevin. We are pleased to have you here. Um, I think I'm the temporary clerk while we're getting set up. Are you? Are we set up to go? Yeah. I can't reach the console, so I appreciate this collective effort in uh, access. I appreciate it. <clears throat> okay, are we are we all good? Are we ready to go? Go ahead. Okay. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Uh, so I'm Lucas Tobin with Recreation and Parks, and uh, my, my name and Brian's name are on the heading of the agenda item, but really it's the San Francisco fellows who did the work and are going to be presenting the project. So Brian and I will be here if needed, but, but we're, I'm going to let the fellows take it from here. Good afternoon. Thanks for having us today. Um, we are a group of San Francisco fellows, and we're here to present our project. Let's get the slides up first. There we go, okay. And we're here to present our project, A Path of Least Resistance, Accessible Wayfinding in Golden Gate Park. My name is Lillian Saunders. I'm placed in the controller's office, and I chose this project because I wanted to learn more about the disability community and to learn how I could help improve accessibility in parks in San Francisco. Hello, my name is Tess Bartlett. Um, I'm placed with the Mayor's Office on Disability, also your clerk for today's meeting. Um, and I chose this project because um, I'd already been doing a lot of work with accessibility um, in parks and just every area around the city pretty much. So uh, I found this would be a good way to enrich the work that I was already doing. Hello, I'm Rory O'Toole. I'm placed with the SFPUC Environmental Justice and Land Use Team. Um, I chose this project because I was really excited to get to work with a community I usually don't get to interface with in my current placement. 
Hi everyone, my name is Christina Venice. I'm with, also with SFPUC in the financial planning team. Um, like a lot of my um, colleagues here, I grew up in San Francisco. I actually grew up right next to John McLaren Park. Um, so I just have like a really strong interest in parks and city planning. And I also have a lot of family members um, and loved ones who um, have Friedrich's Exaxia. Um, so I just really wanted to um, learn how I could serve that community um, and um, help enrich their experience with parks. Hi there, uh, my name is David Edelman and uh, I'm placed at the Department of Public Health in Behavioral Health Services. And I was excited about this project to learn more about uh, programmatic access for accessibility and the accessibility of the built environment in San Francisco's public spaces. Hi, my name is Graham Galloway. I'm a fellow with the San Francisco Public Library on the Research Strategy and Analytics team. And personally, I'm just a huge fan of Golden Gate Park. I think it's one of San Francisco's best features, if not its best feature. Um, and I am able to bike through it on my way to work every day, but I also want to ensure that it's accessible to everyone. Um, and so it's really important to me to be a part of making that happen. Thank you. So some of you might be wondering what exactly is the San Francisco Fellowship. Um, it is a 12-month full-time work experience where we are placed in various departments throughout the city um, and we work on programs and projects that have a direct impact on city operations and involve analysis, planning, and program development. As part of the program, we also have the opportunity to participate in a 10-week group project for four hours each week with other city departments. So this is the project that all of us chose for that 10-week experience. And for the scope of the project, the lead was the Mayor's Office on Disability, and we also worked on it with support from Rec and Park. We surveyed paths in the eastern section of Golden Gate Park, so from McLaren Lodge to the Botanical Gardens, and we engaged with members of the disability community to receive feedback on our work. The goals for our project were to provide the public with information on which pathways were accessible for people with disabilities, and to compile a report of the findings, recommendations, and to create an interactive map. We also wanted to develop recommendations to improve accessibility in the park for MOD and the Mayor's Disability Council to provide to RPD. Um, so this image here is a, a map of Central Park um, and on the left side it has um, a key to the map that's color coded. So it has information on uh, the slopes of each pathway in the park um, and then other information as to the usability of these pathways. Um, so we use this as kind of a model of what we wanted um, to achieve with this project um, as we were surveying each pathway in Golden Gate Park. Um, and we did come up with um, our own kind of beta version of a map that we hope to improve upon and expand upon both within Golden Gate Park and hopefully in other parks in San Francisco. <clears throat> so as our, as my colleague Lillian uh, just explained, we were limited to uh, the eastern section of Golden Gate Park just to start out with. Um, so we wanted to focus on high usage de destinations near JFK Promenade and recommend routes 
to those destinations that are more likely to be frequented both by the public and by people with disabilities. Um, so these destinations included the music concourse um, and areas of interest in that area. Um, so the Japanese Tea Garden, the De Young Museum, and the California Academy of Sciences. Uh, we also did routing around the Botanical Gardens and the Conservatory of Flowers, um, as well as the Corret Children's Quarter and Carousel. So we focused on these areas specifically to maximize the impact of this project, to provide information on how people could get to these destinations in particular that they're more likely to want to visit. Next is uh, our methods. So fellows were trained by uh, MOD building inspectors on how to assess pathways in the eastern edge of the park based on standards outlined in the ADA. We focused on calculating <coughs> pathways linear and cross slopes. We highlighted areas with deficiencies and protrusions including branches, change of level, gaps, potholes, etc. And we categorized pathways as usable, highly recommended, and non-recommended. And uh, in this image here, you can see us using a tool we call a level. So that's to measure cross slope. And uh, we would note down the data from this measurement and then determine um, the accessibility and usability of that pathway. Uh, members of the disability community who are frequent users of the park uh, were invited to provide feedback on the usability of the pathways we were surveying. We had two feedback sessions on March 8th and 22nd with a total of 12 in-person and virtual participants. Together we took the shuttle and navigated pathways near the Conservatory of Flowers and the Music Concourse. Afterwards we reconvened at McLaren Lodge to discuss wayfinding and accessibility recommendations. And in this image here you can see us on the shuttle together. I believe this is near the Music Concourse. So after we completed our field assessments, we used those, our findings, to create a map of the eastern section of Golden Gate Park that has a series of recommended pathways connecting key destinations that are usable for people with disabilities. And we created the map in Google My Maps, which allows for the editing of uh, existing maps and adding um, placement of key features, such as the destinations we talked about earlier. And um, we took note of the uh, conditions of the pathways that we surveyed and um, included all kinds of points that we felt would be important access, including muni bus stops, shuttle stops for the uh, Golden Gate Park shuttle that's run by Reckon Park, and accessible parking spaces in the area of the park that we surveyed. Slide. Oh, sorry, we're doing the slides. Um, so this is a screenshot of the map that we produced. Um, and you can see that the pathways in yellow are highlighted um, as usable pathways that are connecting a lot of the important destinations and transportation points in the eastern section of the park. So we have uh, Q 
key points like the museums, the, mu the music concourse, the Academy of um, Sciences, the Conservatory of Flowers, those are highlighted with the yellow stars. And um, we have other points like muni bus stops, shuttle stops, parking, highlighted with their own appropriate icons. And I want to note that we did not include every path that was surveyed as part of this project on the map because we really wanted to focus on the paths connecting important destinations that we found would be usable in good condition um, for people with disabilities in the park. And one of our recommendations um, that we'll see towards the end of this presentation is to post a full interactive version of the usability map once it's finalized and made accessible. So this is just a screenshot for the purposes of the presentation and we will have a full interactive version uh, available shortly. Yeah, thanks David. Um, while that map is certainly the resource and the deliverable um, we would want to see eventually out in the public, I wanted to take some time um, to discuss the key findings that actually went in to help inform the map. Um, so first with the Conservatory of Flowers, um, which is depicted on the slide um, with the beautiful palm trees and the not so beautiful annoying stairs. Um, but the signage um, associated with this destination point, um, I think is important to note is not very clear. Um, when we were out with the community, um, there were lots of comments about how it felt like a bit of a wild goose chase uh, moving across over the length of um, the whole um, area trying to follow the signage. Um, uh, furthermore, um, associated with this destination are also two shuttle stops um, in this area. Um, one labeled is called the Conservatory of Flowers shuttle stop and the other one is the Tennis Courts um, shuttle stop. Um, and it wasn't explicitly clear um, which one was better. Um, in our experience with the community, um, we noted that with the tennis courts um, shuttle stop, um, you could see the Conservatory of Flowers, but the stop um, actually called the Conservatory of Flowers was actually closer even though you couldn't visibly see it, um, which will inform our recommendations later. Um, yeah, moving on to the museums and the music concourse, um, a main trouble area is the signage on Fulton Street. Um, 8th, 8th and Fulton um, is the designated accessible entrance. However, um, if you were to go there, the signage there actually points you to go towards 10th, um, which is very <laughs> wrong. Um, and if you follow that, um, that signage, then you could very easily be led to different directions, one being towards the playground area. And in that area, um, there's this tunnel that um, could connect you right into the middle of the concourse. However, there's no adequate lighting there that could actually have the resource be um, usable or even accessible to anyone. Um, so those are two of our main findings. Um, and just to be conscious of time, I think I'll, I'll move through this even though it's very important, but I think, um, Big surprise, um, path quality in the shuttles um, need a lot of improvement. Um, there's a lot of need to maintain pathways um, due to potholes and root overgrowth, um, but there's also a need for simple garden maintenance um, that could help our friends with low vision, um, such as pruning branches and making sure um, leaves don't protrude out. We've also heard a lot of um, 
feedback from community members that um, shelter that shelters at shuttle stops are really needed, especially um, with these big storms that we've been getting, um, as well as real-time arrival notifications. Um, I think that that's very much a, um, a big need. And there's also um, a desire for visual and audio stop announcements on the actual ride as well. Um, so incorporating that into our um, recommendations, um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to see those changes. Um, I'm going to do a quick overview of the recommendations. So for the first one, um, as you can tell from the key findings, um, we'll need a lot of clearer um, wayfinding signage. Um, so signages um, in those specific areas that I um, classified and also in our, um, our surveyings um, to, to point people into decision points. Um, so for example, with the Conservatory of Flowers, making sure that those signages, signages are very clear um, and don't contradict each other. Thank you, Christine. Um, so for path quality, we understand that it's not realistic to update every single pathway within the park. So we chose to recommend a few following recommendations. Uh, so we want to highlight that high traffic paths connecting park entrances, accessible parking spaces, shuttle stops, and popular destinations should be prioritized for path maintenance. Uh, and one example would be the pathway from the park entrance on 9th Avenue in Lincoln, where there's a muni stop to the entrance of the botanical gardens. There are a lot of these wooden slats embedded in the ground that have started to decay, which have left gaps that could be very difficult for someone using a wheelchair, mobility device, or a cane to navigate. Uh, we also noticed one uh, place we recommend a quick fix would be there's rough pavement and narrow pathways between the accessible parking near the tennis courts on Nancy Pelosi Drive and the entrance to the AIDS Memorial Grove. And we have some more recommendations. Um, we also recommend the production of an accessibility fact sheet. So we recommend that SF Rec and Park and the Mayor's Office of Disability work together, featuring input from the community, to create an online fact sheet with accessibility information and recommended routes between destinations. Uh, and this would be on the website and possibly printed and available in tactile versions as well. And the website should also include a final version of the path usability map that David showed earlier. Which leads to our next recommendation. Uh, we recommend the formation of an advisory council featuring members of the disability community and deaf residents that could be formed to continue to develop recommendations for increased park accessibility and Golden Gate Park and beyond. And we want this process to eventually be implemented for other parks within the city. Specifically, we recommend bigger parks such as the Presidio and McLaren Park where there have been road closures. Um, this slide features an image of fellows Lillian Saunders and three members of the community, two of whom are using mobility scooters overlooking the Golden Gate Park Music Concourse near the Academy of Sciences, which was taken during one of our community feedback days. We recommend that Reckon Park increase promotion of accessibility features in the park. Uh, we've heard a lot of feedback from community members that they simply just don't know about a lot of existing accessibility features in the park. Specifically, we uh, heard consistent feedback that people were not aware of the accessible parking spaces near the music concourse. And we want to really make sure that beyond just doing this work to make it more accessible, we want people to know that they're welcome in the park. Um, as Christine mentioned earlier, we received feedback on how to improve the shuttle. Specifically, we emphasize that we want shuttle stops to be clearly marked and possibly include covered shelters like muni stops. And these could include real-time arrival times that are visual and audible. In addition, we think it's important that the shuttle itself have visible and audible displays for the upcoming stops. 
But overall, we want to emphasize that this effort should be collaborative between the Mayor's Office of Disability, this council, and Rec and Park, as well as members of the community. And thank you, that's the end of our presentation. We wanted to give special thanks to our project sponsors, Nicole Bond from the Mayor's Office of Disability. You've been incredibly helpful and provided so much good feedback and guidance on this project. We also wanna thank Lucas Tobin, who's the ADA coordinator and programmatic access coordinator for Rec and Park. And we like to joke an unofficial friend of Clay Thompson. <laughs> and we also want to give thanks to Brian Stokel. He's a planner for Rec and Park, and he's a big map aficionado and amateur vexillologist. And we appreciate his uh, update to the San Francisco city map, sorry, city flag. And we also want to give thanks to MOD Senior Building Inspector Joe Hospital, who isn't here today, but he was very helpful in getting us uh, acquainted with accessibility standards and surveying techniques. And finally, we want to thank all of you for giving us the time to present in front of you today and listening. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll move to public comment next. Yes. And then we'll go to uh, questions from the council and also any, we also welcome comment from any of our uh, Rec and Park commissioners if they have questions that they would like to address to the fellows. For now, you can all have a seat and we'll go to public comment and we'll call you up. Um, when, uh, if you need it. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. Are there any public comment on at this time? Looks like we do have one member of the public who's joining us in person that would like to make a comment. Thank you so much. Uh, that was a great presentation. Um, I uh, frequent the, um, go I frequent Golden Gate Park and I'm there every day, I mean, every week, and uh, I just happy to know there are, you know, there's a group here who, is in, who wants to make it better for all of us. Um, I, I think I follow some of you on social media. Um, what I would like to just continue saying is um, that uh, I guess it's gonna be over soon, I guess everything's gonna be fixed soon. And I'm happy, I guess I'm happy about it, I don't know. Um, what, what, what more could a guy want if it is on Monday? Is it on Monday? I don't know. I hope it is, it sounds like it is. And um, so, but yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for your comment. Are there any other public comment at this time? In the room, no? Uh, it doesn't look like any other people who are joining us in person would like to make a comment, so we'll move to virtual public comment. Um, and just as a reminder to the public, um, you can make a remote public comment um, by, by using <coughs> the uh, raise hand feature, and we will recognize you when it's your turn. Uh, and you may also use the Q&A feature in the WebEx webinar to make a comment. It's located on the top part of the video after touching the screen. And if you're joining by phone, you can dial star three to indicate that you would like to make a comment and we will prompt you when it's your turn. So it looks like we do have at least one member of the public who would like to make a remote comment. Um, so control room, whenever you're ready, you may unmute them. Um, my name's Richard Rothman. You know, I tried to call in on a general public comment in the beginning, and the phone system wasn't working. So I don't know how you can make public comment 
when the phone system isn't working, and also you're violating the Sunshine Ordinance, but you have to have public comment after each item. That includes the director report and the president's report. So I don't know when I'm supposed to give public comment if your system isn't working. We do apologize. We were having some technical difficulties, but um, if you'd like to make your general public comment now, we'd be happy to hear it. Okay. Well, I wanted to call about uh, this, uh, about, uh, how can I say it, about uh, limiting public comment to call-ins. Uh, you know, I talked to your staff, but new developments have happened since. Uh, MTA limits public call-in public comment to 10 minutes per item, and then now they set up a separate line, so if you have whatever you consider a disability, they let you call in that. And I think that's unfair. Why should people have to call in in a special line and say maybe people who have hidden disabilities don't want people to know they have a disability? You know, it reminds me of like riding in the back of the bus, you know, it's just plain discrimination. And I wish your office would take more of an aggressive stand and, and change this public comment policy. You know, uh, the retirement board does only let public comment if you're disabled. The police department, you have to call in three days in advance. So I wish you'd uh, work to get a, a uniform public comment policy for calling in maybe one hour each for each item. Thank you for letting me say my public comment. Thank you for your comment. Are there any public comment on Webex? I don't see any other members of the public that would like to make a remote public comment, so we can close public comment for this discussion item. Thank you, and we are going to Council Members question now. Uh, first up is Council Member Susunni. One moment. I'm inside. I'm Helen. Helen. Thank if, you, Alex. If the, if the uh, fellows would like to come back up towards the front of the room. God, Helen. And we'll help you if you need help answering questions, but you, you're all very capable. All right. So uh, first of all, thank you all for your hard work um, and your dedication to this project uh, in particular, but more broadly to the fellowship program. We're, Glad to see you all here uh, for the 12 months, particularly Tess, who we really like at MOG. So thank you all for that. Um, uh, with regard to your findings, I appreciate the focus on usability and accessibility. And I'm just curious um, to what extent safety was considered, um, particularly with regard to lighting. Um, I, I hope that that would be one of the lenses by which you're evaluating um, the accessibility and usability of, of pathways within the park as well. Wait, wait, wait. It's not on because I can't reach the button. Sorry, Tess. <laughs> we should have let it left it on before you went over there. I apologize. Double duty, Tess. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> Sorry, Tess. 
Okay, so I think I can speak to one specific instance that we took safety, like that stands out in my mind at least. Um, I think it was Christine who uh, talked about the tunnel that we encountered from the blue playground going into the music concourse. Um, so that was definitely what we took into consideration, not recommending that path because there was absolutely no lighting um, from the tunnel to the music concourse. And even in broad daylight, it was hard to see um, as we were navigating that pathway. We were still able to make it through just as a group. Um, so I think it wasn't um, in the front of our minds as we were um, navigating these pathways. I, I can't speak for the rest of us, but um, I guess we assumed, our assumption was that uh, members of the public would be using these pathways in daylight when there were other people out and about. Um, but I guess also, when we were considering the usability of JFK Promenade itself, we did consider the safety of people using the crosswalks um, when there's a lot of bikers using uh, like electric bikes or e-scooters as well, um, and how feasible it would be for somebody to cross those crosswalks safely to get from, say, Fulton um, to uh, the music concourse. So that's definitely we, something we took into consideration. Okay, uh, terrific. And, and I um, likewise was specifically kind of referencing the tunnels through my own experience, even in broad daylight, um, what may seem as an accessible pack pathway really isn't usable because it's as uh, the safety concern with the lack of lighting um, among many other reasons. I'd ask if maybe safety could be one of those criteria. It, probably assumed and understood, but I think there needs to be an emphasis on that piece of it. Accessible and usable doesn't mean anything if it's not safe, mm -hmm. right? Day or night, because I, I also think you can't make that assumption that people are accessing the park with other people, you know? Or, uh, a lot of us use it by ourselves, or et cetera. Um, but thank you so much, we appreciate the good work. Thank you. Next up is Alkitsini. Hi, yes, so uh, a reminder to the camera room to please put the camera on ORCID, not the interpreter. Uh, all right, okay, great, thank you. So firstly, I just wanna say thank you for all your hard work on this project. I know it was not an easy effort, and there are a few items that I wanted to offer for your consideration, no need to respond. Um, I'm just wondering, firstly, if there were folks with disabilities involved in your project, because of course they can give you the best feedback. And I understand this was a lot of work that takes, uh, can take a lot of approval to get things like trees trimmed and things like that. I don't know if, I think it's great that you acknowledge these things and that you found those problems and, and that you're aware of them. I think that, uh, the, having such a map can be very useful and valuable for us. Driving through Golden Gate Park, I do so almost every day because my son's school is on the entire opposite side of the city near the Seacliff area. So Golden Gate Park is really the only way for me to get there from the mission. So it's part of my usual pathway. I think it's challenging for parents because you know our average drive is 30 to 45 minutes. 
and there's no real way for us to navigate. If that area were closed, say ninth, maybe I mean eighth, uh, those between the two museums, that is our preferred pathway, but I know we can't access that. So it makes it more challenging. I do wish that that area were open for traffic. One of the problems is that's already been uh, <clears throat> negotiated with MTA, and it's hard for me as a parent, really, to have to go all the way around. So uh, it's just something to think about is that it's challenging to access that side of the city from this side. And then the De Young Museum, their accessible entrance, there is only one, maybe two, but it's very limited. And it's on the Fulton side. So folks with limited mobility accessing the park, that door from the parking lot, it's quite a distance. So I don't know how, that's a prob how that problem could be resolved. Uh, the parking lot is, or their par disabled parking is plentiful, which is great, but the accessible entrance is really far from that location. So I don't know, maybe, I don't know if the public garage is still working on that project. They have to, they have pay parking. I don't know if this is part of your project or not, the garage. But anyway, to wrap up, thank you for all of your hard work on this project. I think it's really great. Thank you. Next is, um, is Hi, everyone. Thank you so much. Um, we really appreciate you being here uh, just for all of your enthusiasm, uh, your thorough analysis, and very thoughtful recommendations. Um, I had two areas of curiosity as well. Um, the first being, of course, the needs of individuals with disabilities are very diverse. I also think about folks with chronic illnesses, for example. I was wondering if um, the availability of benches, uh, water, restrooms was considered as part of accessibility uh, for this project. Um, and then the second piece was the map sounds uh, incredible to have an interactive resource available online. Um, I'm wondering how you're thinking about the accessibility of that resource. I don't know too much about map accessibility, but I wonder for individuals with low vision, especially the interactive components of that, um, how that might be used as a resource. Um, I can speak to the first half, um, the questions about um, accessibility of like resources. Um, I think that we definitely envisioned the, um, the scope of the project to be more to survey the land, and I think what we could provide for that is also, is the gaps in that. So um, in our map, we did highlight places, um, restrooms that were accessible, as well as pathways to that. Um, there are a few, <laughs> as I'm sure you guys know. Yeah. So I think that um, using that, um, using this map would be a good way to encourage more um, access to that. Um, but it wasn't something that we directly um, spoke to in terms of our recommendations, because it was outside of the scope. But I do, I do agree, and I believe that this can be a tool for future um, development and future um, investment into this project so that it could expand further. Thanks for your feedback. Um, just to speak on the second, the second item about the map, uh, I think you know we're still relatively new to I think the using um, mapping tools and understanding how we can make those accessible to the community, and we're going to be passing some of you know our, our finished products over to MOD, and 
we really, I think, would urge them to uh, use their, their deep, deep well of knowledge on how to make that, that resource accessible to everyone in the community. And obviously, we're going to be available for any questions about how we put that together and how we can make it reflect the needs of the community to the, to the highest extent possible. Uh, I would just add one comment about the map. Um, like David said, we're kind of limited in our expertise in terms of you know, digital accessibility tools, but we did discuss uh, reaching out to Lighthouse for the blind and visually impaired. We know that they have done a lot of work with tactile uh, maps, so that would be one option. But again, online is a whole other deal that <laughs> we are not <laughs> qualified to answer yet, but mm -hmm. we would have recommendations. And I just wanted to say that the group did get a little bit of feedback from the uh, people who came on on the, the tours with us about benches, because you mentioned that, uh, places to rest. So we did get some feedback there. Plus, we've had other feedback previously um, from members of, of the disability and the, also the senior community um, on you know, the, the need for more benches and places to rest. And then um, as far as the map goes, um, definitely what uh, Graham mentioned about the lighthouse and tactile and large print uh, maps available, that's, some, that's definitely something we uh, want to make happen once we have a good map. Um, and then also, we do make sure that anything that we post on the website is also described in text. So all of the information um, about the destinations and how you uh, get from point A to point B would be described in text as well. Thank you. Um, before I go, um, go into this stuff, I just have a um, couple of questions to the group. First of all, thank you for your work. I think it's amazing that you guys done um, accessibility studies, but I just want to um, follow up on uh, Helen's question on the dining um, in the park. I know that, as we all know, that uh, sometimes foggy is really, um, um, really um, on on the park. So sometimes it doesn't matter if it's the light night, uh, if it's a foggy day, it's hard to see. So I'm just curious to see what's the plot of light, light um, um, the light on the street and um, accessibility part um, um, but on that, and second is that I know that you guys um, about to finish your project, but I just couldn't on what's your um, what's going on right now? What is what did you guys implementing at as this study going on? and what the timeline regarding on the park, what is the plan on uh, um, 
certain things that would be easy to implement and make it um, change in park as we speak. I'm not sure if the group or... Actually, I can take okay. that. Yeah, Thanks. Is that all right? Is that okay? <coughs> Thank you. So, so I think, so the plan is, um, this is their presentation day. This group is also, and, and, and I apologize if you mentioned it and I missed it, but they're also working on a supplemental um, recommendations and findings report mm -hmm. that they're going to be submitting to MOD and to you for then to the council for consideration for conversation with recreation and parks. Nice. So next step is we're gonna, we'll get the follow-up to this presentation, which is why this feedback is helpful right now. Mm -hmm. They're gonna finalize the report, then we'll receive that and be able to um, work with uh, recreation and parks on next steps. That's the plan, this is a very time limited project, I'm, although I'm sure they would all love to continue working on it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not really even joking. It's been a, it's been a fun project, and uh, uh, but it's a time limited, and they need to go back to their to their home placements and and uh, and um, kind of finish up their fellowship year. So, uh, but that's the plan for now. Thank you. Go back to my first question about the lightning. What what's the plan on? If there's um or um foggy and, and and things like that, are there any plan with the parks on um making sure the light is changed? So, Lucas or Brian, is there a lighting plan? Otherwise, this is that's something that can come through these recommendations, perhaps. I'm just, I'm not familiar in it, and I, and I assume that the fellows aren't either, so go ahead. That's, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know if Brian is more familiar than I am, but I don't know anything about an overall lighting plan to, to address lighting in the park, um, other than, and, and that's something that's, as ADA. That's, that's related to um, accessibility and user-friendly and partners with accessibility. And yeah, so I agree, but it's something that we haven't gotten feedback other than through this project, feedback right. about the tunnel um, in particular yeah. and lighting there and how that makes it harder to, obviously harder to navigate. We ha I haven't, as ADA coordinator, I haven't gotten other feedback about um, accessibility related lighting issues in the park, um, but certainly something that, you know, we're, we're open to hearing and we can, yeah. you know, address, address concerns like the tunnel um, that's something we can, uh, you know, put in um, requests to have lighting put in there. Um, so definitely something we're open to, but I don't know about an overall plan. Brian, do you know about anything? Um, hi, Brian Stokel. Uh, there was a, there is a lighting uh, system put in along many of the roads in the park, part mm -hmm. of the 1990s uh, master plan. Uh, along JFK and parts of Stowe Lake Drive and other locations, but that's the only lighting plan other than any efforts that were put in when the museums were built for their sites and the garage, which were all separate from the department. Um, but other than that, I don't, that, that's the plan that I'm familiar with. Something to consider. Thank you. 
Um, now we are going to the staff. If any questions from the staff. I just want to reiterate my profound gratitude for all y'all's work. You did a fantastic job. This was a good presentation, a great presentation. Look forward to your final report. And I will miss working with all of you. And I hope that you continue to be uh, accessibility advocates in whatever, uh, in whatever realm you find yourself next in your professional lives. So thank you very much on behalf of MOD. Thank you. And before you guys go, I just want to be on behalf of the council. Thank you for your work, and I hope this is your start on disability advocacy and work. Thank you, and good luck to you. Now we are going to Thank you, everyone. take a break of 15 minutes. Now it is. Two six, so we came back at fifteen minutes after that. Thank you. SFGov TV, San Francisco Government Television.
go ahead and begin. Welcome back, everybody, to San Francisco Medicine Disability Council, Friday, April 21. Um, we are moving along to um, item number seven, um, discussion item, digital accessibility and inclusion standard proceeding by um, Julian Johnson from San Francisco Committee on Information Technology. So I believe our hey. Oh, oh sorry. Okay, go ahead. I didn't. I was just saying. Uh, hi, hello, Council. Thank you for having me here today um, to present on the Digital Accessibility and Inclusion Standard. Um, I have a set of slides that I will now share. Um, I'm so sorry I could not be there today in person, um, but I'm grateful that I can join remotely. Um, okay, can, is my screen visible? Yes. Yes. Thank okay. you. Of course. Um, so my name is Jillian Johnson. I am the director uh, for the Committee on Information Technology, um, which passed uh, the Digital Accessibility and Inclusion Standard back in November 2021. Um, and I will start my presentation just by giving a, a brief overview of what the Committee on Information Technology does. Um, so it is the city and county of San Francisco's technology governance body. It provides a forum for uh, city leadership to collaborate and coordinate on the use and procurement of technology citywide. Um, through regular public meetings, Coit also uh, is a vehicle to share with residents and the public uh, the state of the technology in the city of San Francisco. Jillian, this is Nicole speaking. If you wouldn't mind slowing the pace of your, um, slowing your pace a little bit, that will help us. Okay, Thank happy you. to do so. Thank you so much. Um, so the committee uh, is comprised of um, several or many departments, um, some with representation from department heads uh, and some with a uh, some will uh, sometimes send their delegate which is often the chief information officers um but there's representation from uh many departments across the city um the committee is chaired by the uh, city administrator carmen chu um it also uh has uh the city cio um the uh president of the board um or his delegate or their delegate um along with many other departments that I've uh, listed here. I, I'll, I, maybe I'll walk through them. So there's also um, the chief information security officer, the controller, um, DHR sits on the committee, um, the Department of Public Health, the Public Utilities Commission, um, the library, uh, the Department of Emergency Management, the airport, uh, HSA, um, MTA, um, the Human Rights Commission, as well as the clerk of the board, and there are two public members. Though one of our seats, one of the public member seats, is currently open. Um, and the main responsibilities of that committee and the uh, four staff um, in my office that support the committee um, are uh, to create um, the five-year technology plan, which uh, sets a vision and strategy for. Um, uh, achieving our technology goals over the uh, next five years. We just uh, drafted our most recent plan this year, um, and it will go before the board um, sometime in the next few months. Uh, we also annually review um, 
budget requests for major IT projects um, and do portfolio management on those projects. Uh, and then finally, but certainly uh, one of our important, one of our most important um, roles is to develop technology policies and standards that um, help departments in responsibly using um, technology and making sure it is accessible um, and safe uh, for the general public. Um, so a little bit of background on the digital accessibility and inclusion standard. Um, the standard was passed by the committee in November 2021. Um, I'll uh, note uh, as the director, I joined the um, office that following January. So I was not very involved or actually I was not involved at all in the drafting of the standard um, and, and have very little information before uh, it passed. Um, but um, I joined in January 2022 and have been um, sort of at the lead of, of starting to implement the standard or working with departments to implement it. Um, the standard essentially explains to departments what they need to do to make their web content and services accessible to the general public. Um, and it was developed in collaboration with um, digital services, the mayor's office on disability, um, and the office of civic engagement and immigrant affairs. Um, there was also lots of consultations, uh, I believe, with um, the city attorney, as well as um, the Office of Contract Administration. Um, so the, I'll, go, uh, I'll let you know the high level, there are three requirements of the standard. Um, and essentially, all new city and county of San Francisco websites, online applications, and digital content are required to one, follow San Francisco's equitable design requirements and level AA of the most recent web content accessibility guidelines. Two, uh, provide human translation of vital information in the threshold languages defined by the language access ordinance. Um, all other languages may be machine translated. And then three, um, again, vital information must be provided uh, at a fifth grade reading level, um, or if that is difficult um, and if the information is you know, particularly technical or legal and uh, must be written in a grade level above the fifth grade reading level, at least a summary of um, the vital information needs to be provided at a fifth grade reading level alongside the technical or legal language. Um, is my pacing okay? I just want to check. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, you're perfect, Jillian. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Um, so the uh, standard also, so that, that the three items I just discussed um, apply to all new um, websites and uh, digital content created. However, um, the standard also is, you know, takes in consideration that there's a lot of existing content um, that will take time to review and remediate. And as such, uh, set three uh, clear um, deadlines for departments to do just that. Um, the standard asks that departments um, make a plan for reviewing their existing content for compliance with the standard. Um, and that they have that plan prepared by November 2022. Um, the second deadline is that departments then enact that plan and complete a review of their existing content for compliance. Um, and that must be um, 
completed, that audit of their existing content uh, is supposed to be completed um, May 2023. Um, and then following that, the final deadline in the standard is essentially remediating the things that they find in their review. Um, so they must correct issues found with their existing content, including at minimum a plan to make existing content accessible on request. Um, and that must be prepared by uh, May 2024. Um, so we, uh, Coit realizes that, you know, this can be a pretty big task for departments to tackle. And as such, um, uh, Coit staff have been working pretty closely with the Mayor's Office on Disability, um, the Office of Civic Engagement and Immigrant Affairs, as well as the Office of Contract Administration um, to develop guidance for departments in achieving compliance. Um, some of that guidance helps them to uh, assess their current state of compliance, as well as implement changes um, to their content or, or to purchase products or services that help them to comply. Um, and we're also working on supporting them and the ongoing auditing of uh, their sites to ensure continued compliance. Um, some of the things that, um, that have been stood up by uh, the various stakeholders I just mentioned. Um, one is the uh, SF.gov platform that digital services provides to departments. Um, the SF.gov platform is designed to meet the digital accessibility and inclusion standard. Um, and so any department that moves to the platform um, is, you know, digital services works closely with them to ensure that uh, they are in compliance with the standard. Um, digital services also has developed um, audit templates and guidance to support departments that are not moving to sf.gov. Um, and those templates and guidance uh, are meant to help them self-assess their sites and um, platforms and work with vendors to assess their sites. Um, the uh, implementation working group, um, which, sorry, the implementation working group is the group of folks that I spoke about earlier, quite staff, Mayor's Office of Disability, Office of Civic Engagement and, and Immigrant Affairs. Um, and uh, digital services, uh, we all uh, um, put together a SharePoint site um, that sort of is a central place for departments to come to for information about how to comply um, and offers a litany of resources um, to departments on understanding the subject of digital accessibility more broadly. Um, there's also a Teams group um, that we've created to allow content creators, um, interested parties, a central space to uh, ask questions of one another and to learn together and to share best practices and really create um, community around um, accessibility. And then uh, the uh, OSEA also offers um, an LAO resource library, which includes a lot of information on language access, training and best practices. Um, we are also working on support for folks that need to procure uh, the services of an accessibility vendor to um, audit their sites and to help them remediate. And so uh, that is something that the implementation working group is actively working on currently. Um, we are also working with uh, the Office of Contract Administration on a request for qualifications um, to start to pull together a pre-approved uh, accessibility vendor list that departments can more easily contract with um, for their services. 
And we're also working with um, OCA on contract language to include uh, whenever there are new procurements that happen to make sure that uh, the procurements comply with the standard. Um, we're also, there is an, a section of the standard um, that says departments may ask for an exception um, to the standard in, uh, in you know, narrow circumstances. And so we're developing um, a waiver form and a process to dictate what those narrow, narrow standards will be and to grant exceptions um, as appropriate. Um, uh, and that is also in the, in the works with the, work, uh, with the implementation working group. Um, there's also been several engagements um, recently uh, and planned in the near future uh, with departments. So um, there was an introduction webinar back in October 2022 uh, to uh, teach everyone about the specifics of the standard um, and to dive a bit into the, the issue of digital accessibility. Um, uh, Coit staff surveyed departments on their plans for reviewing content uh, back when that plan was uh, due in November 2022. Um, we also are currently planning um, alongside OCA Digital Services and MOD a webinar on procuring accessibility services, um, what an accessibility vendor is, and you know how to assess um, for strong vendors. Um, that was coming up on April 26th. Uh, and then digital services ha has also um, recently uh, digital services uh, pr uh, provided a webinar, um, a live webinar on how to conduct an audit um, and walk departments through what it would look like. Uh, first, the importance of, of conducting an audit, and then secondly, what it looks like to actually conduct an audit, how to complete the template forms they created, um, and how to then remediate the content that they um, audit. And that happened uh, this week, April 19th. That was live and also recorded for folks to review after the fact. Um, and digital services also offers um, office hours on plain language, how to you know draft plain language and check for plain language in your sites. Um, they they offer, offer those office hours once a month. Um, and they also have a recorded uh, version of that um, training available for folks. Um, finally, I'll add, as we approach the second uh, compliance deadline that's coming up uh, in May 2023, Coit um, staff have been checking in with departments. We, uh, we sent out a form asking that departments um, that have chosen not to move to sf.gov, we've asked them to let us know um, how their review has gone, how they are conducting their review, are staff conducting it, have vendors been conducting it, um, we asked them to describe their progress in auditing for WCAG, um, for a compliance with the WCAG standard, um, compliance with the human translation component of the standard, as well as the plain language uh, component. Um, and I think we've asked them to describe their progress in the event that some departments are not you know, fully complete with their audit by May 18th. We want to understand where they are in their progress. And we also ask them to let us know what um, barriers there might be to their completing of the uh, audit of their content so that we can figure out ways to support them. Um, and then finally, we've asked um, if they do have you know, a final audit and a report or analysis that they could share. Uh, we've asked them to share that with us 
um, so that we can share that with the Mayor's Office of Disability and Digital Services and um, make sure that these audits are comprehensive and actually addressing um, the issues that need to be addressed on, on uh, department sites. And then finally, for departments that are moving to SF.gov, uh, we're working pretty closely with digital services to make sure that these departments um, are, are, are uh, committing resources to actually move their sites by the um, final compliance deadline of May 2024. Um, with that, that is um, sort of all the update I have for you all on the standard. Um, if you have any questions, I'm happy to take them now. Thank you, Jillian. Now I'm, I'm going to open up to public comment. Um, Craig, please open the public comment. Sure, so we can start with any members of the public who are joining us in person. You can come up to the podium to make a public comment. We should do the reminder instructions. Um, public comment is limited to three minutes. Um, please go ahead. Council, allowing me to speak again. Um, so I came here, uh, you know, a little kind of dazed and confused and unsure about many things, but I sat here and listening to um, uh, presentations and different activities that you guys are doing. And I'm, I don't know, I'm lightened, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of on the up and up, but I still don't understand. I mean, this is a great example here, the accessibility making things accessible on the web, on the web, wide web, and bringing, excuse me, bringing um, the agencies to comply with what the Department of uh, Human Resources is saying is great. Um, you know, like I said, I'm a person that needs a lot of help. I don't know where to find that help, and I'm just here wondering if I can get it here. I've, you know, people are saying different things here, and um, I've heard them during your mission. I don't know what, what's being said, but, you know, somebody, somebody's in control, somebody's in charge, and, um, you know, I'm just here to just say what's going on here. This is the only place where I'm, I can have, I, I'm allowed to be and talk and have, uh, be and be heard, and I'm just trying to understand, you know, I, I need help, I need help. I need a lot of help, and um, I'm here just wondering if I can find that help here. I mean, is anybody out there? I don't know. But thank you so much. Thank you for your comment. Um, are there any public comment in the room at this time? I don't see any members of the public joining us in person who would like to make a public comment, so we will move to remote public comments. Um, and just as a reminder to the public, if you'd like to make a remote public comment, you may do so by using the raise hand feature um, on the WebEx app. You may also use the Q&A feature in the WebEx webinar to make a comment. It's located on the top part of the video after touching the screen. And if you're joining my phone, you may dial star three to indicate when you would like to make a comment, and we will prompt you when it's your turn. So I'll wait just a second to see if there's any members of the public joining us remotely who would like to make a comment. Right, doesn't look like there's anybody who would like to make a comment at this time, so we will close public comment for this discussion item. Thank you, and I'm going to going to um, council member um, question the best 
Kaşı ben biraz annene, kahat annene. I just want to make sure before Anani begins that we have Jillian still. Hi, I'm still here. Okay, great. <laughs> we can't see you, Jillian. You're not on the screen, so it's good to hear you. Oh, okay. yes, I'm here. Okay. Maybe I'll stop sharing my presentation. Okay. Thank you so much for the presentation, Jillian, um, especially all the support around embedding accessibility um, and the pr kind of creating community around this as well. Can you talk um, a little louder? Talk a little louder. Hi, is that audible? Yeah, that's better. Excellent, yeah. thank you. Um, Jillian, thank you so much for the presentation um, and everything, especially around embedding and providing support to embed digital accessibility. Um, two further questions on that piece. Um, one, uh, I know you mentioned that some departments are going to need various products and services to reach compliance, and I'm wondering um, what the funding provisions are around that, um, and if that is if there is support available for that. Um, and the second is the other thing that I think about in terms of embedding this moving forward um, is ensuring that uh, the hiring practices are also reflecting the need for this expertise moving forward so that uh, future websites and other digital resources that are uh, created embed this uh, beyond just the compliance and the kind of um, the requirements, but also the skills to be able to do that. If you could speak to both of those, that would be wonderful. Yes, happy to. So um, to the first question in terms of funding dedicated um, or resources dedicated um, to this work, uh, uh, COIT has funded um, last year and this year uh, work at digital services on the sf.gov platform um, that supports particularly um, uh, migrating departments to that platform, uh, making sure that there is human translation available um, for uh, vital information um, into the uh, languages required under the language access ordinance. Um, and of course that platform uh, is built to meet um, the CAG standards and is regularly audited, audited for that. Um, so those resources have been dedicated. Um, Otherwise, uh, departments that have chosen not to move to SF.gov um, have had to find resources within their own uh, operating budgets um, to do this work. Um, and, you know, we're in a pretty tough fiscal year uh, budget-wise this year, and so I don't, I, you know, I think departments may be struggling a bit with that, I'll, to be completely honest. Um, uh, but. Um, but yeah, so there has been some support from the COIT side of things in terms of the central support um, under SF.gov. Um, and then in terms of hiring practices, um, I, I can't really speak to the hiring practices of the city, to be honest. Um, I, I think um, that's certainly um, a, a very strong point you raise around uh, needing to uh, make sure that there is an appropriate skill set for folks. Um, in ensuring accessibility, and I think um, we're we're working on developing you know trainings and guidance for for staff to be able to um, learn about this and to ask questions and to um, internalize this work. Um, but uh, in terms of the hiring side of things, that's not so much uh, where I where I've worked on. Um, but I think it's a great point. Thank you. I appreciate it. I I don't have any other um, customer question, no? So, um, before I turn into stuff, I have 
couple of questions for you, Julian. Um, one is that, can you speak more about why certain departments are not going to use SF.gov? Um, I thought it's mandated that they have to be ADA accessibility compliant and it doesn't make sense when the city is providing a quote-unquote fee ADA compliant to the department and we like to comply. Um, that's one. And the second thing is, can you speak more about this fifth grade level reading aspect online? Um, I wouldn't know more about that. Um, let's start that two questions for them, and then I can ask a follow-up question. Yes, so um, I, I think um, I'll do my best to answer these questions. I, I do think someone at Digital Services, there are folks at Digital Services that may have better answers um, or, or, or um, more complete answers to these questions, um, especially for the first question. Um, I think uh, departments uh, have particular needs of websites um, and while I think SF.gov creates templates that are um, pretty good at meeting the needs of most departments, um, the structure of their site may not be appropriate for all departments. Um, and I, I've heard um, the Chief Digital Services Officer say that herself. Um, and so some departments, um, uh, you know, may not find the features um, that they're looking for on the sf.gov platform it, it is built um, in a way that um, perhaps limits um, some of the functionality that other departments are seeking um, and yeah I'll, i would have to defer probably to her for more details on the specifics of why departments haven't chosen to move to sf.gov i know that they you know regularly engage departments on that issue um, and then to speak more to the fifth grade reading level, um, I think the intention of the fifth of the uh, requiring vital information be available to folks at a fifth grade reading level is to make it maximally accessible to members of the public. Um, I think uh, you know there are many reasons why individuals um, either by means of you know, educational attainment or um, perhaps just being in circumstances where they're very stressed out and, and are having a harder time comprehending things around them. Or there, there are lots of reasons why um, uh, information at a written in plain language um, is more accessible to everyone. Um, and I think uh, that plain language, that reading level, the fifth grade reading level is uh, meant to, you know, um, make sure that any information that, that can affect someone's access to city services 
um, or, or their livelihood um, is really easily uh, attained and understood um, regardless of um, a background or, um, yeah, or educational attainment. Um, and I think also one element I think of the of the reading level is um, not, not all folks, uh, you know, English is not the native language of all individuals um, in the city of San Francisco, and you know, we are a very diverse city. And if there if there are language, I mean, we we certainly um, have the human translation component for vital information for the uh, language access ordinance uh, required languages. But for those languages that are not under the language access ordinance um, and for folks with limited English proficiency, um, again, being able to, to uh, attain information at a fifth grade reading level makes it much more likely that they'll be able to understand um, and you know, interact with uh, government services in ways that are beneficial to them. I hope that answers your question. Okay, yes. I mean, it does. The second one does. But, but uh, the first question, uh, I just have a follow-up question. And then, um, please, um, maybe you could um, tell us more or tell me more about the institute that SF um, um the Gov website is um, pretty much um, mandated to all, all of the city website has to be com ADA compliant. So, it doesn't matter if they are using any platform or whatnot, they should be um, going to your department and making sure that the, the website are accessible, correct? Yes, they all all departments. If I'm understanding your question, all departments are required to um, make sure that their sites are uh, accessible and uh, under the standard to make sure that their uh, websites uh, meet the uh, web content accessibility guidelines. Okay. So with that information, do, do you know how many percentage of those? Department are compliant right now? Um, I, I do not have that number, no, sorry. Oh, okay. thank you. I think it would be good to to get that information started. I think, um, yeah, so th again, thank you, and I'm going to ask the staff if there's any questions. I was just going to thank you, Chair Madrid. Uh, this is Nicole speaking from Mayor's Office on Disability. Thank you, Jillian, for being here. Just a few points of clarification. <clears throat> Jillian is presenting on kind of the first phase of this rollout, so we don't have the data yet. That's part of the reason we're rolling out this, this initiative. And so once, we, once it's rolled out and we get the information back from the departments, we'll have more information and, and then and I, I think we'll invite digital services team to come and 
uh, present back in uh, conjunction with uh, Jillian. So that will get to some of your questions, Alex. We're just not that far along yet. Um, I guess my question for Jillian is um, uh, thank you for your work so far. And if um, I guess what would be most, what is most helpful for, uh, for, you, for you from, um, from your perspective, from Coit's perspective, that the best way that the Mayor's Disability Council and Mayor's Office on Disability can help um, with the promotion and advancement of this, um, of this uh, initiative and compliance? Um, thank you for that question. Um, I certainly think uh, engaging with departments has um, is something that you know can take quite a bit of resources and time, but it is helpful to getting them to understand um, the scope of the work ahead of them and to better plan, understand the importance of it, and better plan their resources. Um, and so, Coit is you know attempting to uh, and actively um, planning and, and engaging with departments, but um, I think as much support as we can get in terms of engaging departments on this issue, ed educating departments on this issue um, um, is, is helpful in making sure it is something that stays on their, on their radar um, and something that they continue to work on, especially in such a tough uh, financial climate where resources are very tight. Um, does that help? Does that answer your question? Thank you. Thanks for that, Jillian. Thank you. Okay. Um, I think Debbie has a question. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, not a question so much as just uh, another uh, response to the question, Nicole, that you just asked. I think um, if council members and members of the public can let the city know when people do encounter inaccessible sites or uh, different um, pages or functions of different city websites, and then um, be willing to you know, engage with the people who work on web pages and web development for the city to help understand why it's not working from the user perspective and what does work better. Um, and, and in that regard, um, MOD is working on um, a additional webinar that will be held on May 18th, which is Global Accessibility Awareness Day um, that will focus on the user experience of people with disabilities. Um, I think many of us who work in accessibility of technology are concerned that as more and more people, which is good, as more and more web developers and web designers become familiar with the requirements, um, they might not really understand the user perspective. What it means for somebody who says they use a screen reader. What is that? Um, unless people have an opportunity to observe somebody using one, they wouldn't really know or understand what are the barriers or the experiences of somebody 
who's using assistive technology on an inaccessible website. Um, so we are hoping to publicize that as well. We'll be sending out announcements and highlighting the real user perspective and experiences and helping people appreciate from the user perspective, which I know is something that the council promotes, is understanding the perspective of people with disabilities in real life um, in order to make the work that you know everybody does more meaningful, easier to understand. So, thank you for that. Are there any um, staff member has comments or questions for Jordan? I don't think so at this time. Okay. Thank you. Thank again, Jordan. Thank you for coming, and I hope this is. A new beginning that we, as a group, and you, you and your department can work together in the near future. Please come Thank back if you have any updates that you would like to, um, to let us know. Will do. Thank you so much for having me. And I definitely look forward to working together with you all and have enjoyed working with the Mayor's Office and Disability staff um, up to this point. So thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for that. I'm going to um, doing item number eight, which is decision item with Zoom. Uh, for some resumption of executive planning committee. All right, so I'll be reading on behalf of Alex. Um, there's a proposal to hold monthly MDC planning meetings on the Tuesday following the regular MDC public meetings. The purpose of this proposed change is to involve the entire council in planning for future meetings, holding discussions about council recommendations and about what follow-up steps could be most appropriate in response to presentations. <clears throat> These planning meetings would be announced in advance to the public and members of the public would be able to attend and observe. These meetings would be virtual. Is there any discussion among council members? Okay, um, hearing none, is there any call to a vote? This is Orchid speaking. Can I get the camera on me, please? Or I'll wait for the camera. Perfect, great, thank you. So I think it's a really good idea to go ahead and have a planning meeting uh, ongoing. So if we can, you know, regardless of if we vote yes or no, I think, you know, the council members should decide and we should follow whatever we decide. So now, Alex. Thank you. Um, can someone make a motion to a vote or can I make, make, 
Yeah. Can you make a motion to uh, avoid if um, going forward having a planning meeting to save the following of um, public meeting? Can you get a Can I get a second on that? I second it. Thank you. Okay, please. Um, do a roll call. Um, so we have Alex Madrid. Yes. Orchid Sasuni. Yes. Uh, Sherry Albers is absent. Denise Senhawk. Yes. Helen Smolinski. Yes. Deshaun Lewis-Weds is absent. And we have Ananya Tandon-Verma. Yes. So with that, I thank our council members. And going forward, I guess, uh, we are going to have a um, executive planning meeting um, starting next Tuesday at um, Well, no, you got to wait for the mic. Otherwise, the online folks. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, there isn't enough time to secure the interpreters and handle all the scheduling for this coming Tuesday. So this will resume. Staff will be able to resume the executive planning meetings starting after the May MDC meeting. Okay. However, there will be a co-chair meeting following this meeting, and we will let council members know about that. And we can also let the public know about that. Thank you. Um, so thank you for that. Um, now we are going to item number nine. Um, I'm the deputy director. Um, Covenant for correspondence. Are there any correspondence at this time? I think I need to sit somewhere. Oh. Ah. <laughs> Next time, time I'll be sitting here. <laughs> um, there is no correspondence at this time. Thank you. Item number 10. Um, general public meeting, please, please open up the general public meeting. Yes, so at this time, members of the public may address the council on items of interest to the public that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the council, <clears throat> which are not on today's meeting agenda. Each member of the public may address the council for up to three minutes unless the co-chair determines that in the interest of time, comments may be limited to a shorter time when there are a large number of public comments. And just a reminder that the Brown Act forbids the council from taking action on or discussing any items not appearing on the posted agenda, including those items raised at public comment. If you'd like a response from the council, Please provide your contact information by email message to mdc at sfgov.org with the subject MDC comment reply request, or you may call 
Um, And just as a reminder, if you're joining us in person, there are speaker comment cards available at the front of the room. Um, So if there's any members of the public that are here in person with us that would like to make a comment, please step up to the podium. Okay, thank you for allowing me to speak. Um, I did make a comment card. be giving that to you soon. Um, so basically, I'm a, I'm a person that's been told I have a lot of impairments and um, you know some things that are holding me back, mostly in my head and different places. But I never got, I've never went out and you know wanted to get. To, I never went out and tried to get help for it. I, ne- I didn't let anybody like, um, you know, basically just examine me. I, that's against the rules. I don't do that. And it's been a long time since that happened. It was like, I came to this country as a young boy, and they're sitting in the classroom. They just said, you know, he's got a big head, he's got a big head, he's got a big head. And then it just became about, you know, you're the one, you're the one, you're the one, and that, and that sort of thing and the other. And here we are. It's 2023, and um, I'm lucky to be alive, to be honest. But there's, there's um, you know, there's, I, I, I want to reach out to the person that's out there, you know, if you're in charge, if you're behind it. Um, you know, basically, it's... Uh, it's really interesting, it's fascinating, and it's wild um, that I'd have to be here and try to connect with you from this place, and there's nowhere else for me to go or be or be heard and seen, and it's just the way it is, and, you know, different things, reasons for that. I hope it comes out, I hope it comes out one day. I hope it comes out and, you know, we we're able to see why exactly, you know, why. It's crazy. I live four blocks from here, not too far away, just very close, and I'm here every day, pass by it. It's my first time here. I guess the first time my eyes have been open, my ears have been open. The first time I've been, you know, just they can come in and I have that strength of mind to do that. And I know it might not be the appropriate place, and I might be taking all of your guys' time, but I'm sorry to be doing that, and I have no choice. I have nowhere else to go. It's just the only place where I could be. And um, I hope to be a regular attendee. I hope to attend regular meetings and um, get to know um, a lot of you and uh, do what I can, volunteer, give you my time, give you, um, you know, anything I can to help out in any way possible. Um, I grew up in San Francisco. I went to elementary school here at Cobb, um, and then uh, middle school at Roosevelt, and then at Galileo, and then, and then, you know, here we are. So thank you so much, all, for everybody, for your time. Thank you for the comment. Are there any public comment on? At this time. I don't see if there's any other in-person, part, any more in-person participants. I don't believe anybody else would like to make a comment. Um, so, okay. All right, so we will close public comment then. Okay, thank you. Um, now we are going to item number 11, um, council members comments or announcements. I don't have any um, comments or announcements at the same, but okay, go ahead. I'm actually gonna come around to the front. Hold on just one second, okay. please. Can I get the camera on us, please? Because I'm going to sign. Sorry that I wanted to stand and sign, but it's two very important issues that I wanted to bring up and discuss today. One with the Senate and one with the House related to captions 
and the PA announcement accessibility on airlines. So I wanted you to support the Air Carrier Access Amendments Act, ACAAA, HR 1267, and also PR 545, um, and ask the that you co-sponsor this legislation. This bill would ensure that I have equal access on the airlines because sometimes when they have the videos that show the safety, there's no captions. There's nothing, I can't hear anything. So if a person, you know, if they give any kinds of instructions, um, I don't have access to that. So I think we're, gonna, we're going to ask that this letter is, um, this is kind of the last part uh, under the Department of Transportation. Yeah, to develop regulations mandating accessible PA announcements and captioned in-flight entertainment. And so I'm going to encourage everyone to write a letter to the House and to the Senate. So any more information, I have a template or anything, you can look at the website, nad.org, National Association of the Deaf, and uh, you can fill that out and sign it, that we need caption accessibility and PA announcement accessibility on airlines. So I'm encouraging everyone to support that bill. So thank you very much for your attention. Thank you, cousin. Can may I may I say something? Glad to the um, I just want to make sure Rocket can see me. I'll wait. Thank you so much for that. Um, the, for bringing that to the attention, the, just for your knowledge, the mayor's office on disability has been in communication with the Department of Transportation on some of these issues, which is very exciting, and I would be happy to report back when we're a little farther along. But thank you yeah, for highlighting the legislation in particular, because we can um, speak to our uh, legislative teams around potential support of those bills. So thank you for bringing them to the attention of the public. That's all. Thank you, Nicola. Thank you, Katsuchini. Um, yeah, again, I don't have any announcements, so I'm going to um, go on to number, um, item number 12. Um, if there's no objection, uh, I'm going to adjourn the, the meeting. To make sure nobody had any other announcements, but, but it doesn't seem yeah. that way. Okay. No. So, um, again, I'm going to adjourn the meeting. <laughs> <laughs>